Blog Talk Radio. Top 25. It took one week and, and sy- Temple. And to Syracuse's BCS hopes. Well, that was gone last week when we lost to Maryland. <laughs> and, the, and the second one is goodbye to the Eli Manning era of the New York Giants. And look, it, it was a great era, right? I mean, it, 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 it actually... Bowls, 
Seth, you you got to go on mute or something because I'm getting all sorts of feedback from you. Like, real bad feedback. So I'm going to put you on mute until it's your turn to talk. And he's gone. Okay. So the point being, two years ago, Seth and I decided, we, we were talking, and Geno Smith was the guy that they, brought, that they brought in for Eli Manning. And we couldn't quite understand it because there really was no future there. Now they draft Daniel Jones, seventh overall. Not exactly the spot I would have drafted him, considering they also had a later pick in the draft. But this is the future. Seth, this is the future, right? There is no doubt that this is, it, unless Daniel Jones, gets, Daniel Jones gets hurt, Eli's not coming back this year. First of all, how much fun was it for you to mute me? How long have you been waiting oh, to do that? So much fun. So much fun. Absolutely <laughs> spot on. All right, continue on. Look, my, I have never been I, a real Eli guy. I, I think he was a beneficiary of wonderful defenses, which got him his two Super Bowls. The team hasn't been com- remotely competitive in six out of seven years. I would not have taken Daniel Jones at six. Nobody really seems thrilled with the pick, or seems thrilled with the pick, although Jones was excellent in preseason. And, but it's time. I, okay, I can, I can hear the feedback. Eric, can, okay, can you well, hear me better now? can't hear you at all. Yeah, continue on. Now, so now is time. Now is the time. Okay. I mean, I was expecting this to happen week six, week seven. I'm actually a bit surprised it's happening this early when you're throwing him in without your three top receivers, which I find a little bit ludicrous. Now, again, he's going to play Tampa, which is not the worst situation in the world. But I, I, I find it very hard. Very surprised it's this week. Because if you were going to replace him after two weeks, why in God's name did you bring him back in the first place? You don't need a $17 million mentor. That doesn't, that well, doesn't work for me. But, Seth, to be fair, he was going to be a $17 million mentor whether he was on the team or off the team. That, that money was guaranteed money. It's not like they would have saved any money by cutting Eli. I thought they would be – wait, there was a reset. They gave him, what, $20 million? There was some. There was some salary cap – there was something salary-based that happened for him this year. Yes, but that was before the draft. Like, they weren't sure they were getting Daniel Jones. That was before the draft. But they knew that was they were not... getting a quarterback. They knew they were getting a quarterback. Right, but your premise just now was if they were going to replace him in week two, well, how would you know you were going to replace him in week two if you didn't have the quarterback on the roster to begin with? But you were drafting you you somebody. Asking whether okay, you're mumbling. You're either, not talk, you're either not talking into the phone or we can't hear you. You are Everything is mumble. God damn it. Hold on. All right. So, as Seth 
decides to try and talk into a phone. Technologically speaking, of course. I don't think it was a bad idea bringing Eli back. They had to spend the money anyway. They spent it on, if nothing else, a guy that will that enjoys being around Daniel Jones from all reports, will be a mentor to Daniel Jones at least from, again, all reports and understands that this was this is the place where he is right now. I, I'm sure he's not all that happy about it because who would be in that you lose your starting job? But at the same time, as I said before, unlike Geno Smith, this one makes sense. The Geno Smith one made absolutely no sense. You want to try again? I'm trying. I may hang up and recall back in. Hold on. That wasn't mumble. You could have just kept speaking. Um, okay. So that's the first say goodbye to yesterday. Number two, we, we talked about the fact that Maryland is out. The Jets are the Jets are out. Syracuse is out. Well, at least for the time being. It's been an unbelievably awful week for me. Uh, a couple of weeks. The Mets are out. The Islanders don't start for another month. The Jets look horrendous. And by the way, thank you very much to the New York Football Giants. Because at least with the New York Football Giants, they made the announcement on the right day. Because nobody's talking about how pathetic the Jets were last night. They're talking only about the fact that Eli's out. So, thank you. I don't have to hear about MetLife and how horrendous that game was last night. But the the Jets are absolutely putrid. I think that's a good word for them, putrid. But let's let's get back to Eli. So, or Seth just hung up the phone again. My question to Seth and my question to Giants fans is, A, are you happy with this decision? And B, if Daniel Jones screws it up, if Daniel Jones does not play well, if Daniel Jones is basically the Browning Nagel of the New York Giants, Browning Nagel being the Jet player that was drafted in the second round, played very well in the preseason but couldn't get it together in the regular season and was soon out of the NFL. Is there any hope for going back to Eli? And I think the answer is no. I think this is, as I said before, unless Daniel Jones gets hurt, this is his team for now and for the foreseeable future. And if you want to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846, and that includes Seth if he'd like to call back in. And hopefully we'll get to him in a second. Uh, we had hoped to get a couple of giant beat reporters on today, but as you can imagine, it's been a pretty long day and a pretty rough day for them. Oh, Seth's back. Hold on. we got to click him in. All right, so Seth, is this the end of Eli Manning? Does he, assuming that Daniel Jones does not get hurt, are we going to see Eli Manning back on the field at any point? Maybe in game 17 as a, as a curtain call? Or game, week 17? Maybe. Maybe for week 17. Um, there's nothing else. 
once you take them out, you can't you can't put the rubber back in, put the rubber back in the hat. So yeah, once he's out, once he's now out, unless Jones get unless Jones gets injured, he's now out. So assuming they're three and twelve or four and eleven by that point, if they want to play him, you know that's fine. I mean, to me, this isn't. This isn't LeBron James doing his uh, or Dwayne Wade or Nurse doing their farewell tour. So I don't, you know, maybe I've just had a jaded view of Manning over the years. I don't know. But to me, he's, he's handled himself well in the New York press. They won two titles, but it's time. It's been time for a while. And not of it all of it. Okay, his fault. so let's Well, I don't think any of this is his fault, actually. I think he he is a good quarterback with the, with major limitations and he's thirty eight years old, right? And we're gonna talk about the other major limitations in thirty eight year old quarterbacks that are not playing this year either due to injury. But at the same time you knew what you had in Eli Manning all along. You had an immobile guy that is a better, I would say much better, with it, with his arm than Trent Dilfer is, but a very, very good manager. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's what he wants. That's but what he is. That wasn't, first of all, do you think he was a really good game manager? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the only thing that, think, the only thing that he, the only thing that he screwed up with was making one throw a game that you wish you could have back every single game. It was kind of uncanny. Um, it was to me he was an average, slightly better than average quarterback. First of all, I don't want, if I'm taking the number one pick in the draft, and I trade few, two other future all stars. To move up to get the number one pick in the draft. I don't want a game manager. Wait, who were the other two all stars? Traded they traded Sean Merriman. Or the draft pick okay. ended up being Sean Merriman. I believe right. Nate Payton and Tim Dwight. I'm not sure on Dwight. But no, Dwight, the no, Dwight but, was in the Dwight was in Dwight was in the Michael Vick deal. Okay, so it was mer- it was three draft picks and the number four overall. Merriman was one of the picks, I believe. Merriman was yeah. All Nate Hading, Nate Hading was a pick, and Philip Rivers was a pick. And he yep. was an all- Nate Hading was, if not an All Pro, pretty close. Philip. In my mind, is a better quarterback than than Eli Manning, but I don't want to. If I'm drafting the number one overall quarterback, I don't want a game manager. That to me is that that that's not that's not an acceptable option. When you look at the number one quarterbacks over the years. Now, yes, you have your Tim Couch and your David Carr. 
But David Carr was, you know, was sacked 80,000 times in his first two years and never really had a shot. But you look at the other number one quarterbacks, Michael Vick, Peyton Manning, um, Andrew Luck, Sam Newton. Would you take Manning as a quarterback over any of these guys? Maybe you would. I would. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. But he's the only one with two Super Bowls. I mean, there's got to be there's got to be something to be said for that. I mean, look, if you're looking strictly on, all right. So let me look something up. I'm actually quite interested. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, over the course of his career, has how many how many yards? He has 29,631 yards in 151, 143 games. How many does Eli Manning have? I don't have the slightest idea. It's, prob- it's probably more. But on a game-to-game basis, I'm wondering. So Eli Manning has 56,000, so almost twice, in – now, a little under twice and a little under twice the games. So, and my proof is not in the stats. That, that's actually the anti-proof, right? Because there's no way you would take Ryan Fitzpatrick for that many games over Eli Manning. That you just right. wouldn't do it. So, there has some, there's something has to be said for the type of offense you're in for the type of player that you are, where Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers, who will be compared to Eli Manning through the test of time, as they should. First of all, Rivers was traded for him, and Roethlisberger was the guy that the Giants supposedly wanted at 11 before all this went down. Roethlisberger's won a Super Bowl. Rivers has won no Super Bowls. Both Rivers and Roethlisberger have better stats than Eli. All of that is true. But one could say that both Rivers and Roethlisberger play in much better, much more friendly, quarterback-friendly systems. Eli never had a shot of making those stats. He just didn't throw the ball enough. I mean, that's my take on on who I would want. Would I want Cam Newton over... Eli Manning, sure, in a vacuum, absolutely. You, Cam Newton is a tremendous athlete that has won an MVP, That, but Cam Newton hasn't won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying a Super Bowl is everything, but he's got two rings. So, yeah, as a Giant uh, fan, I'm especially uh, grateful for it, but – the amount of credit that he gets for those those Super Bowls is, is amazing. I mean, let's let's be honest. Those Super Bowls came because of the front because of both front fours. That's just what it is. So I mean, me, it's a. 
I don't know. I find it a, I find it a very silly. Silly is not the right word. I can't believe he's going to make the Hall of Fame based on these two people. I find it me. I find it mind-boggling. No, I would agree with you. I don't believe he should make the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will make the Hall of Fame. Did you see the ESPN? Uh, did you see the ESPN discussion on this, the roundtable? I did not. I think out of ten guys, eight of them said they thought they would vote for him. I, I don't know how that's possible. Well, but of those 10 guys, how many of them are actually Hall of Fame voters? I don't know. I mean, Seth, I mean, Seth, you and I could say we would vote for him or not vote for him, too. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter what you and I say. Right. But I'm assuming as, media, right. as, as, as active media members, they would have a better feel of what the consensus would be. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I'm interested to read Peter King next week and see what he thinks. Because I don't believe he had taken a stance on Eli Manning in the past. But I'm interested in seeing what he thinks. So, so let's move off Eli. First of all, let me, let me ask you this. So da- Daniel Jones is going to play 14, 14 games. First of all, what do you expect the Giants' record in those 14 games to be? And what do you see Daniel Jones' stats being in those 14 games? And I'll get, I think it's, I think I need to give you some context here because you're, you're talking off the top of your head. So I'm going to give you Sam Darnold's stats for last year. And I think okay. that that should give you some reference, right? I mean, he played, he, Sam Darnold had, has played 14 games in his career. He has 3,000 yards. 18 touchdowns, and 15 INTs. So that's 14 games. So my question to you, and he has started all 14. 13 last year, one this year. So my question to you is, and he had a horrible year, a horrible game in game one, but that's because he he has the kissing cousin syndrome. But the question to you is, what do you expect Daniel Jones in in 14 games to put up and what do you expect the Jets, uh, the Giants' record to be? Uh, I don't expect three thousand from them. Probably somewhere around twenty-four, twenty. Yeah, probably around twenty-seven. Because they're gonna, they are gonna throw the ball a lot because they're gonna be behind, be behind an enormous amount. Um, I really, you know, I guess around twenty-five hundred to twenty-six hundred yards. Probably about a fifty-fifty touchdown to interception ratio, and they'll probably go around three and ten. Um, you know, I, if it was up to me, I would have waited until another two or three weeks, not for any other reason than their top three wideouts aren't playing this week. You have no, you have no Tate, you have no Shepard, and you have no Corey Latimer. You're putting, bringing in the guy at his first career start on the road. You know, again, we're not a not exactly the, the 19, it's not exactly the 2005 Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense with Aaron Staff, Derek Brooks, and, and John Lynch, 
but it's, it's a difficult way to come in for a not overwhelmingly talented offensive team to be hit without three wideouts is almost crazy. Um, well, when we started the, when we started this conversation, you asked me this question in our in our preseason preview in our in our preview. You asked me what week I thought he was coming in. I said week seven. I said at home versus Arizona, week seven. Yep. I believe I believe you said after the bye week, which was at Chicago, which boggled my mind as to where yeah, why he would be at after Chicago. So so looking at the looking at the schedule. Week three is at Tampa Bay. Week four is home against Washington. Not a bad game to come back, but again, you're still probably going to be missing those two out of those three wideouts. So, right. is it really that much different? Then you play Minnesota at home with one of the best defenses in the NFL. You go to New England, and then you're home against Arizona, which is where I thought he would come anyway. Yeah, I, I actually agree. In retrospect, I actually wrote this on someone's Facebook wall, I guess, ironically, yesterday, that uh, I thought he'd come in at, to Arizona. Um, I also, yeah, I, I thought Arizona made the most sense at week seven. But, you know, I, Shermer is in a weird situation because I have no idea if he has safe footing or not. But I guess also his feel is if he loses with the rookie, how mad can you get about a rookie quarterback not overly succeeding how, probably how, his job look two out of the three worst teams in the nfl right now reside in the state of new york and none of them are named the buffalo bills so i mean if you yeah, didn't the best, have the best team, the best team I mean, in new jersey is have, probably rutgers yeah, if you didn't have the minor league version of of an NFL team in Miami, you would make the argue, people would argue who's the worst team in the NFL and it would be the Jets or the Giants. Hands down, they are both putrid. Horrendous. Everything and anything that yeah, is the, horrible the is them. The diff, the difference being the Giants didn't spend a zillion dollars on Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley. You know, they they're pretty much doing the the one year one year and clear out move with their salary cap, yeah, I believe. So yeah, they're doing what the Jets did last year. They're doing yeah. exactly what the Jets did last year. And this week, well, uh, this week was the week of the quarterback injury. I mean. Various injuries, but lots and lots of quarterbacks got injured. Let's let's rattle them off. Sam Darnold's out for at least four weeks due to mono. Well, that's only a jet injury. I, I wouldn't <laughs> constitute. I, I mean, that's only an injury a jet quarterback could have. So he's got mono. Shoot. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz. Man, if he, I I got to tell you, if you got busted ribs. I don't quite understand what the Philadelphia game plan is running Carson Wentz out of the pocket all night. I don't get it. You're just asking for trouble. And you're asking for, um, what the heck is this? Josh McCown to be your starting quarterback. 
Okay, so that's number two. You wish, number you three, wish Josh McCown was your starting quarterback right now. I do. Right now, absolutely. Because number three, Luke. Trevor Simeon's out for the Trevor Simeon's out for the year. Now, who's Trevor Simeon? Trevor he's, Simeon's he's the backup for, the for Sam Darnold. He's out whoa, for the year. Whoa, whoa, he's for whoa, 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 ankle. Wait. Holy yeah. shnikes. I didn't he know that. Four ankle ligaments. Oh, my God. Are you bringing back Mark Sanchez? No. <laughs> so, we, so, I believe – you know who's coming off the practice squad, I believe? Off the practice squad? Well, Luke – Davis Fogg Webb? Was signed off – Luke – Davis Webb? <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are the we are the 2018 New York Football Giants. Oh my! You're not even the 2018 New York Football Giants <laughs> because he couldn't beat out Kyle Oretta for a practice squad position. Wow. So Luke Falk. Yep. Is I be think it's Davis Webb. They have they they haven't announced it, but Luke Falk is going to be the quarterback against for the rest until Sam Darnold comes back. That's been announced. Holy crap! And where does he go next oh. week? At New England. Yep. That spread is twenty five and a half, Seth. <laughs> and I'm still and I'll tell you I'm still going to take New England plus the 25 and a half this could be the first time in the history of the NFL you have a, t- a 20 point favorite team which is not the biggest favorite of the week because Dallas no, is, is favored by 21 and a half Oh, right, right. Over against, Miami. Against Miami. Yep. And if anybody, if anybody says that New England is not going to win the AFC East this year, <laughs> or even, not even the AFC East, win, get the top seed, they have four gimme games. Like, in the past, you've always been able to say the Jets would make a game out of it because they generally held close. But Luke Falk is going to New England, ladies and gentlemen. Luke Falk. The guy was signed off the street. He was signed off the street yesterday morning. So, okay. So, all right. Word to the wise for those that are playing fantasy football. Do not pick up Daniel Jones and do not pick up Luke Falk. Okay. Moving on. But do pick up Mason Rudolph. Absolutely. I believe in Mason. Well, I guess we have to. But I, be, I believe in Mason. If we can Mason get him. will be the – oh, I already put in a bid. Very high. <laughs> we have 189 left. I'm thinking at least a third of that is being used for Mason Rudolph. And then behind him, we will put in a bid for Teddy Bridgewater as well of just under that. Because if we're not going to get Randolph, let's get Bridgewater. Because Ben Roethlisberger is out for the year with elbow surgery, and Drew Brees is out for six weeks, 
And I'm telling you, Seth, it's going to be longer. It's going to be longer than six. He has a torn ligament in his thumb. I've had torn ligaments in my thumb. It, it's, first of all, it never goes away. It's always there. I mean, I'm, I'm flexing my thumb right now and feeling where, exactly where it tore. I mean, granted, these guys are NFL athletes. It, it, it's sad that every single time somebody has an injury, I can relate to it. But in this one, I can. Um, he's going to be in a cast for at least four weeks. And then you, you atrophy with your hand, and you have to build the muscle back up in your arm and your hand. And, you're, I mean, it's going to be difficult for him to come back in four to six weeks. I'm thinking it's more like six to eight. And by that point, if New Orleans is out of the playoff run, do you even bring Drew Brees back at all? You do because he's Drew Brees. And he's the most beloved he, athlete in the history of that town. And I don't think if, – if, if he was going – He's not the guy who's going to sit out for a couple of weeks just because. And you're not you're not developing Teddy Bridgewater into a future starter if you're not going to make the playoffs at this point. So, I mean, what this what this will kind of tell you is whether Teddy Bridgewater can be a starting quarterback for a team, or is it going to be Taysom Hill? You know, we don't know. And and why can't he be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? Oh, I just don't think he will be. Okay. Did you think Breeze is definitely coming back next year? Yes. Breeze strikes me as you, you have to you have to literally pull my jersey off. It's not like he's physically destroyed. You know, this isn't someone who's been beaten up and has had, you know, he has still been relatively healthy as far as I know throughout his career. Yeah. Or at least in the last 12 years, I should say. Yeah, he's played 15 games every year for the last 12 years. Okay, so let's go go into Pittsburgh. Is he coming back in 2020? I think that depends on how well Rudolph does. Um. I find it interesting he's made comments how he he wants to be a mentor now, which is kind of hard to take seriously when he criticized the pick last year. Because he, you know, Ben has never been the most secure guy. Uh, You know, so I assume he will come back. But if I don't know. I, I know he signed a three-year, $66 million deal. I do not know what is guaranteed. But, well, we can certainly so, look that up. But here's, but here's another question for you. Does this save Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert for another year? If they yes. don't make the playoffs? Yes. It does because the, I mean, look, Pittsburgh hates change more than anybody, and you've seen that with their quarterbacks over the years. You've seen that with their coaching over the years. Any excuse, and look, Mike Tomlin is a good coach. He's but 
expect for a team of that magnitude not to make the Super Bowl in the last eight years is ridiculous. Um, so, so to answer your question, I looked up the contract. Uh, they have an out after 2020, not after this year. If they cut them after this year, ugh, the cap hit is like $33 million. <laughs> that won't be happening. Wow. No. Now, the positive is that they have Rudolph on a third third round contract, so they're paying him like next to nothing. They're paying him like 900 right. grand to play. So, But the fact is, all right, so let's assume that both players put on your prediction pack. Both players play the rest of the year. So Drew Brees is out for the rest of the year. He's going to have an injury, a recurrence of the injury, or he's decided to sit out. You want Teddy Bridgewater. Who has a better season? Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans or Mason Rudolph in Or I'll give you another option. Or Luke Falk in in New York. (laughs) I think. I'll tell you. I'm not so sure Sam Darnold comes back this year either. If the Jets lose the next six games and they're 0-8, I mean, mono is one thing in not having the strength to do anything. It's another thing in the fact that you the, the whole what occurs when you have mononucleosis and I I have never had it that may be the one injury that I've probably never had is that your spleen is enlarged like you have serious yep. medical issues that go on for several months and I'm aware I'm not sure taking I'm not sure taking hits to your back and to your front and to your legs and to your arms is a good idea if that's your franchise quarterback and you're 0-8. The problem is this. You know, Breeze, Darnold still needs experience. And, look, I don't, if they're 0-8, I realize from a, a playoff perspective it's moot. And I would understand. I don't. I would understand if New Orleans out of the playoffs decides not to play Breeze. I don't think it'll happen, but I would understand it. And as someone who who pretty much had a pretty bad version of Mono not too long ago, um, as as you as you may remember, Sean. Um, I do. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is I was. Darnold has 13 games of experience or 14 games of experience. So he has one season of experience. If you can, if you can bring him back just to get more playing time, I think you do it regardless if they're all in 10. You want him to get acclimated to playing with, with Le'Veon Bell and acclimated to, to playing with Jamison Crowder because it just suits you better going forward. So I disagree okay. with you on that. I disagree. 
Okay, so let's get back to the original question. Is assuming that Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, well, we know Roethlisberger is not going back. But let's assume Drew Brees does not come back the rest of the year, and Teddy Bridgewater has okay. the remaining 14 games to play. Who has a better statistical season and who wins more games, Teddy Bridgewater or Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph has better statistics. Teddy Bridgewater wins more games. So have you made the, the choice for us that we should be bidding more for Rudolph? As I have. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Yes. We we, we yeah. ride we ride and die with the Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter who they have under center or in their backfield. <laughs> it seems like that's it's what done we do. Well, it's done us well it's done us well so far. It has. The only thing we need is we need uh debit we we, we have yet to get uh, be able to acquire um Devin, it's not Devin Bush. It's the other one. The heck is the guy's oh, name? They're new. Devin. No, it is Devin Bush. Devin. Wait, who's? Oh, Devin White is the one in Tampa. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Devin Bush. Yeah, yeah, we might have to bid on him after after the Pittsburgh bye week because we've, I'm not going to go a whole season without having a middle linebacker or the Pittsburgh Steelers on my team. But anyway, so so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You have a whole lot of injuries the first two weeks of the pro football season. And fantasy players are going nuts. I mean, the auctions that happen tomorrow or the free agency waiver wires, especially those that play with two quarterbacks, are going to be going nuts tomorrow. Nuts. You got four, potentially four or five jobs up for grabs due to injury or, how do you say, Eli, suckiness. That's a good word. Suckiness, yeah. Very articulate. So, well, look, I, I, I have my moments. They're not often, but they, they do happen every once in a while. So, yeah, suckiness. You're... Your, your. This is for the brothers We ain't here For the dudes who ain't here I'll be right I'm loving it It's funny because I'm sitting anyway. in front of a church right now And it sounded like a church hymn to start off well, it is. It's Boys to Men. Everything by Boys is. to Men sounds like a church gym. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Um, we have about 20 minutes left. And, Seth, anything in the college football, you, I know you've been in busy your busy season uh, part due for the year, but Anything in the college football season so far surprise you? Hi, Carly. Oh. I forgot you were on your radio show. Hello, your large audience of sports listeners. Wow, that was condescending. There you go. I'm not. I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen. The princess of patty cake. 
The Princess of Patty Princess Cake, of Charlie Fink. Patty Cake? <laughs> yeah, well, you can Patty what... Cake with Morgan. I don't play Mad Patty Cake. I do. If you're happier, you know it. That's the ideal game to play with the 14 month old. Thank you, thank you for both oh. of uh, both of you for that enlightening addition to this conversation. <laughs> um, I, I did read. I actually, you know what? I read um, sports news today. What did you read? Um, that Eli Manning is benched. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? That happened. That happened. We're forty yeah. minutes into the show. We're 40 minutes into the show. We've only been talking about it for the last 35. That happened. (laughs) I know you knew it, but I'm just saying that I actually, it's big enough news that I actually even read that. Yeah, there you go. By the the way, Seth, now we're being condescending, which is fine. You are. (laughs) Wait, it's okay if you are, but I'm not allowed to be. There you go. Now you understand. No, no, no. We only, we only. We only did it as a retort. We did not do it initially. We're only we would. We, we, we're I would only not have the guts to, to do that to you. We're yeah. only condescending well, to the ones we love. Yeah. There's, so, there's that too. Wait, what, so can I ask you for 35 minutes of your conversation about my man Eli? Your man Eli? My buddy. I didn't know this. He lives in Hoboken. So? Not that you never met him. You never saw him. He was my neighbor. We understand uptown. But he's your buddy. Yeah, he's my buddy. No, he's not. He's my. Oh, my apologies. He's my buddy. At least track of He's Carly's buddy. No, but more important, more importantly, what is sort of the overall insights and conclusions after 35 minutes talking about it? Well, we talked. We talked a lot about not just him, but. There was a lot of injuries in the NFL this week, a lot of new quarterbacks coming in, Daniel Jones being the one for the Giants. Our feeling is it's, it's not a bad move. Um, we would have probably waited a couple weeks, and I don't love the idea of bringing him in with his top three wideouts are injured and playing on the road. But I would have started him week seven. I'm not going crazy over this. The team is going nowhere anyway. I was going to say, does it matter? Exactly. Well, but don't, don't you think Eli should have retired last year then? Because doesn't it? Or is it more about money? Um, because don't you think, wouldn't you as a quarterback want to retire when you're not sitting on a bench, but at your highest point, like more Peyton? It's an interesting question. He has, but 20, I think players he has, 20, mil, he has, 22 he has 20 million reasons. To keep playing. So I play 20 million a year. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's also they love to play. And what's he going to do when he's done? He could do insurance commercials like his brother. Or Omaha State. No, I agree. he's not. I don't think he's going to do any commercials. <laughs> he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't have the charisma. He's not a commercial guy. I don't. As much as Peyton, every single. Uh, TV show wants Peyton Manning on their broadcast. A lore. Eli to me seems like a downtrodden guy. I, I think also Eli is not necessarily like in a standpoint of like her charisma, like, but not just in charisma, but like he's not as loved as Peyton, I think. Oh, I think Peyton's loved. He is loved. 
because he's got charisma. I don't you think you like charismatic guy. But do you think if Eli you, you, you married you married one, Carly? That was why you married him. Hold on, hold on. Well, do you think that Eli? Do you think that if Eli if Eli retired more at a high point? You think about he probably would have no. better marketing dollars in the end. No. no. Number one, he hasn't had a no. high point in five years. Peyton, and he just, guys, Peyton, Peyton Manning is Winnie the Pooh or Tigger, and Eli Manning is Eeyore. You cannot no, sell not, me on Eeyore. <laughs> yes, you know what he is? He's the he's the sidekick that no one remembers. Eeyore is Eeyore is a downer. I don't think Eli's a downer. I think he sort of... He is. He doesn't smile. He's a downer. He's Debbie Downer. He's a downer. He is... I'll be honest, Sean. I don't actually think I agree with you. I don't think he's a downer. I don't think he's a downer. I think he's just kind of there. He's blah. But he's not negative. I think there was a point, maybe five years ago, whenever it was, that there was a higher point. But because he hasn't sort of lived up to his potential in the last five years... He doesn't have that brand love that he might have previously had or his brother had. Like, I don't think he was ever at the brand love well, with Peyton, but I think he had more brand love than he has right now. Sorry, well, I have to, to be always bring back and into marketing. Well, to be fair, Peyton retired off a Super Bowl win, <laughs> and Eli right. is how many years away from a Super Bowl win? So the one image that I have of Eli with a smile is actually the newspaper, I believe it was the Daily News, that caught him during right after he right after they won the Super Bowl. And he had a smile on his face. And I think that's the first and only time I've ever seen Eli with a smile on his face. And that, to me, is Debbie Downer, Eeyore, whatever you want to call it. But that's just me. It got, is it, is it called, like to call Sean, Sean is, it, is, it, is it called the Kenler? Oh, that's, that's not mean. nice. <laughs> not nice. That's I bet he's listening into the show crying. Come on. <laughs> that's mean. You, that that's was your really reference mean. point, my friend, not mine. I understand, but that was between me and you. <laughs> that wasn't between me and the listening audience. That, that is that I is never mean. heard that Dude, before. That's mean. I think, it's that, more, I think and, that's and, more of like the puffy look. Okay. Anyway. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, so and, it's and Trevor Simeon's out too. Okay, so yeah, let let's one more one more thing before we go to our last five minutes. So we're in the we're in the end of the baseball season. I know that this is riveting for you. Uh, Oakland and Tampa Bay <laughs> are one and two in the wild card. Cleveland is a is a buck and a half out, and then Boston is nine out. So that's over. In the National League. You have the Nationals and Cubs, and then you have the Brewers at one out, and then you got the Phillies and the Mets at five out. So they're they're probably out too. So the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Nationals are all within a half a game, and the Cubs and Brewers do play each other. The Athletics, the the Rays, and the Indians are all within a game of a half, two games, excuse me, two games, and none of them play each other. Which of the three are going in the National League and the American League? Athletics, Rays, Indians. The Athletics are game up. Uh, sorry, two and a half up on the wild card. And Cleveland is third, a game and a half out. And the Nationals, Cubs, and Brewers are all within a game of each other. Give me two out of the three. I think the, 
the Brewers are out in that National League because Christian Yelich is done for the season. And yep. I know they've they've held they kind of held on without him. Yep. But I don't see that. I don't see them overtaking main with Washington or, or Chicago. Um, okay. In the American League, I barely know how Tampa does it. Um, team, team, they say Cleveland makes it. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, wherever Seth is, he has gone into yet another dead zone, and we can't hear him at all. So I think he was saying Tampa Bay, even though he doesn't know how they're going to make it and how they continue to put it together. And nationally, he thinks the Brewers are out as well. The interesting thing about the Yankees this week is that Aaron Boone, and I'm not sure when Seth can get back on, but Aaron Boone came out and said – we're going to go a different strategy in the playoffs than we've done before. We're basically going to use the opener strategy. We have one guy that can go six or seven innings, and we can count on him, and that's James Paxton. And I'm not really sure that you can count on him either. I was going to say, is that, and we got a is that really what we're sure of? Right. And then we got, speaking for the Yankees, then we have a couple other starters like CC Sabathia, and Domingo Germain and Masi Ma, I can never pronounce Tanaka's Just first Tanaka. name. Tanaka. Mashiro. What's that? Ma, yeah, I, I forget it. So anyway, so and Tanaka, who may be able to go four or five, but we're not really sure because of the injuries and whatnot. So we're going to use, we're going to plan on our starters going three innings. And then we're going to supplement them through the bullpen for the rest of the game. And this has been done in Oakland. This has been done in Tampa Bay. But this has never been done for the Yankees. I am surprised. I'm delighted to see that they're coming around. But, Seth, does this make baseball more or less fun, or does it not even matter? Because to me, we grew up with baseball a certain way. Baseball has obviously changed. And here we are with the flagship, and I I say that they are the flagship uh, team in the major leagues saying we're not going to use starting pitchers the way that we've we've been using them for the last 100 years. We're going to try something new, and they're going to go three or four innings. What are your thoughts on that? I like the idea of it. I don't know if it's necessitated. And I don't love that it's that pretty much Bruin is throwing out that strategy to start. You have relatively competent pitchers. Now, you don't have a Verlander or a Cole from, from Houston. You don't have a Sale, though Sale has certainly not been great in, 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 you know, from Boston. So you have a bunch of number twos. Yeah, I, I don't think you throw that strategy out because you don't know realistically who your starters are going to be. You don't really know. There are five guys, six guys you can literally throw out there. If Severino is comes, Severino makes his first start of the year tonight. 
if he looks good in three starts coming back, you throw him out. You throw Paxton out. You throw Hap, who's been a pretty solid pitch. You throw Tanaka. I don't like that you're pretty much throwing that strategy out there already. I'm not averse to it at all. I think you should have quick hooks in the playoffs, especially when you can use a guy like Sebastia or Herman as long relief. But it's not it's not it's not like they have guys like Colin Burlander who you know can go eight innings and let up one run. So you keep it out there, I just wouldn't put it out there quite as blatantly as, as uh, Boone did. Okay, that's fair. So we got about five more minutes. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go? I'll go first. Two quick right. points. Welcome back. Words I never really thought I would say. Number one, because I never come back, and number two, because they had become it had become the show had become kind of dated at the time Chris Berman left. But welcome back, welcome back, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson in the prime time, um, as a show all of us watched for years upon years upon years. And I've never been the world's biggest Chris Berman fan. It is you know it is nice you know his, his they're back on on ESPN Plus and. They do the show. They're a lot of fun to watch on this show, especially watching it from a, as, a, as a 40-something-year-old and just as a good, smart highlight show. And it was enjoyable. I'm glad I'm coming back, even if it's for a year. Between them coming back and Bill Simmons coming back on PTI, geez. It's like, it's like, it, and uh, Keith and Dan coming back. It's like 1999 all over again. Um, also, Props to Greg Popovich for speaking out against everyone who's who went after the U.S. team after they got seventh after they lost to France and lost to Serbia and um, only ended up in seventh place. The team wasn't that talented. They played very hard. They lost to good teams led by players that were better than they were. And to you know, when your top you know fourteen of your top fifteen people don't show up to play. These things are going to happen. So good for Popovich for standing up for, the, for his team. Good for Colangelo for standing up for his team, and bad for the media for not standing for for pretty much really going after guys who were not who, where it wasn't really necessitated. So Seth mentions two good things, and I'll throw two bad things. Shame on the Red Sox! You win a World Series last year, and you fire your president this year. Dave Dombrowski, unless there's unless there are pictures being held somewhere, did exactly what he was supposed to do, did exactly what he was paid to do. This is his MO. I come in, I take prospects, I trade them, I win championships. It worked. He won a championship last year. And now he's fired. Number one. Number two. Shame on all those players. That chastised the U.S. It's interesting that Seth said, good on Popovich. Shame on the players. Don't tell me that you can't play. I get that it's, that it's inconvenient. But if I'm Colangelo and I'm Popovich, I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell and saying, I want this guy on my team next year. Yeah, Damn it straight. may cost me a James Harden. It may cost me James Harden. It may cost me Stephen Curry. But you know what? This is a guy that played. He didn't beg out. He put his heart and soul on the line. I want those guys. Win, lose, or draw, I want those guys. I don't want the James Hardens that stayed home. I just don't. 
So for Seth Kamis, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. We'll talk more about all this and, and a, more about this and a whole lot more next week. See you, everybody. Have a good one.